0: Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu. Hey, I'm Liam O'Donnell, writer-director of Beyond Skyline, and you are listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> My guest today is writer, director of the film Beyond Skyline, Liam O'Donnell. Liam, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Driving Podcast today.
0: I'm very happy to be here. Thank you.
1: So, uh, I started watching the movie. uh, I'm halfway through it, uh, only because I have three kids. I can't watch the movie straight through uh, without losing my mind. So, it looks fantastic. Congratulations on uh, the movie hitting the shelves, uh, January eighth uh, here in the U.S. Uh, congratulations on it getting out there.
0: Thank you very much for. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's very exciting to, to to have it. You know, one be on, on on iTunes and everything, and now the Blu-ray hitting the shelves. It's been it's been really cool, and I also completely understand the. Um, Multiple night watches uh, on movies. <laughs> it's usually it's usually about a two to three night thing with me as well as a father <laughs> with three children and a, and a loud barking dog, which I'm sure will. Make his presence felt uh, throughout this podcast.
1: That's the way it is, right? Everybody wants in on the action when you start uh, hitting it big. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. So, listen. First off, and I'm I'm going to ask this because of the uh, some of the action that goes on in the movie. But were you a fan of martial arts growing up?
0: Yeah, I was. Uh, I was a fan of martial arts. I, I think growing up, most of the movies that I liked were were action in general. I think the first martial arts movie actually I know it has to be was that I saw was uh, Big Trouble in China ah, yeah. um, which you know kind of makes sense in, in as an influence for this movie you know it's a, a definite kind of genre hybrid that uh, keeps getting crazier and crazier as it goes along <laughs> um, I was a big Van Dam fan growing up I love kickboxer blood sport films like that i, I kind of came to the classics i'd say later mm-hmm. uh, you know just growing up in massachusetts i didn't have like like my, my older brother is an actor and he's into uh, a bunch of tech movies but he wasn't like watching enter the dragon when i was a kid so uh, i kind of came to discover that stuff uh on my own a little bit later
1: do you have any other influences other than the guys that you mentioned in the, in the martial arts world or do your influences mainly come from outside of martial arts films?
0: Um, no, I mean obviously, The Matrix is—it's uh, a pretty big influence, I think, on both Skyline films and um, and I. It's—I it, just love the. I think it's the greatest, you know, sci-fi martial arts film of all time, of course. So, <laughs> yeah. so that one um, was was a huge movie for me, and, and continues to be. Um, you know, I love. There, there was a great. There was a great resurgence in the late '90s. In early two thousands of of some of some really amazing martial arts films like Hero, and Crouching Tiger, uh, Hidden Dragon, and, and some of those ones. So, you know, and then and then I like I said I went back and and, uh, and loved you know Jackie Chan's story, like into the Dragon Chinese connection uh, films like that. So yeah, I mean uh, it's there's there's bits and pieces of, of all of it, but um, I mean I definitely was more into the. Hybrid versions of it and things that could work like that. I was even talking with uh, with another journalist about the movie Versus, which is one of the the few, um, I'd say, smaller martial arts films that I happened to see in the early two thousands. And that was uh, that was the with them running around in the forest and the dimensions and zombies and stuff like that. And I, I, I always thought that there was a lot of opportunity to kind of. Um, mix mix and and match uh the different genres and and use martial arts in in different ways than just kind of doing either crime or period right right
1: yeah and speaking of that when you were developing beyond skyline did you realize that you were going to be doing that and making not just an action film but a martial arts film as well
0: no it, it was developing it specifically to be uh, much more action-oriented than the first skyline because that those are the movies that I love and I wanted it to have this sort of 80s 90s throwback feel and you know have a little bit of diehard a little bit of aliens a little bit of predator um, and then I wanted it to land in 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 Southeast Asia but that was still just to kind of make it a war film um, mm. It wasn't until uh, the possibility of casting Iko and Yayan that it all of a sudden started to transform further. It was, it was, uh, you know, once once uh, that was suggested as a possibility, and that I found out they were available, and and then they said that they would love to choreograph fights for us. It was like, oh, well, of course, but no, they <laughs> all those fight scenes were were kind of more just gun action. Um, Orientated stuff in in my script, and then you know once I cast them, I was like, well, you have to fight Frank. We have to have an Eco versus Frank fight, and then oh, you know when we first meet Eco, can we can he can he have another fight with somebody? You know, I just kept I kept adding more and more because uh, of how good they are. So yeah, I mean some of the stuff is uh, is just it's just you know you just get really really lucky and uh, I I think that was about the luckiest thing that happened to the whole movie
1: yeah, I I would not blame you at all for wanting to throw more of that into the uh, the film I uh, I have already gotten to the point where they land in Laos and Frank Grillo and Eco uh, Uwais go at it and it's uh, it's awesome it's it's so much fun to to watch them go at it but um so for for you, let's step back. How did you get involved in the film industry to begin with? Uh, well, I mean, after
0: after college, I, I really just kind of moved out here with my best friend, who um, he he had gone to design school, and so he was kind of looking to do, to do filmmaking as well. I was looking to write. He was looking to do graphics and direct eventually. Um, so you know, we we kind of gave ourselves a year. Let's just go out here and. and and try to see what we can do. We met, um, a a couple of different people and worked in like pothead production companies. We worked, uh, I worked on short films and cable commercials and stuff like that. And it wasn't too long into that, that I ended up meeting Greg and Colin and working, uh, working for them as a treatment writer for their commercials and music videos. And then I just started showing up to hydraulics every day and, and, you know, pitching them ideas and talking about, you know, making our own movies, making our own content. And, um, you know, I pitched them an idea that they liked and they said, you know, why don't you write it for us? And so I started writing for them pretty much all the time. But, uh, I mean, I guess the, the bigger leg up I had as a kid is that my uncle got into writing and he was working on the West wing. And Mm -hmm. when I was in college, I went, I was down in DC during internship because I thought I was going to be in politics and he was shooting uh, his show with Josh Brolin, which only lasted, uh, I think, a season called Mr. Sterling. Right. And so that was the first time I ever got to be on a set. I was about, I think, 20 years old and uh, and getting to see, you know, I, I was a huge fan of the Goonies. So getting to meet Josh Brolin and be on a set and see all that, I was like, oh, it's it's a job. You know, it's a job. People, people do this for a living and. They work really hard, but it looks so much fun. And uh, like, uh, it, is it crazy that maybe I could try this? So I think getting to see that, you know, th- that weekend, because they were only there for a few days, and it was just that experience of like, oh, I have to try my hand at this uh, in some way. It's all just
1: a lot of, uh, you know, there's, it's a lot of luck and persistence. Sure, sure. Now, the, the first film, Skyline, uh, which you wrote, is that right? Yeah, I, co- I co-wrote it with uh, Joshua Cordes, who um, who has also uh, shot some second unit on it and okay. it did a lot of uh, animation on that film. Cool. All right. So now, without any intent to offend you or anything like that, now, the it wasn't exactly well received. Um, no, uh, I like to call it divisive. <laughs> divisive is a good word, um, but and yet a sequel was was greenlit. Now. I know nothing about the film industry. Um, I have friends uh, on the periphery that are that are involved in it. But how does that pitch meeting go? Because I, I have to think that it goes something like, um, hey, I, I want to make a sequel to this movie that didn't do really well, but it's going to be the raid via Alien, via War of the Worlds, and then maybe hear crickets for like 10 seconds, and then they just throw money at you. Is, is that how it went?
0: I, no, I don't, I'm actually glad you asked this question because – like you said, a lot. I, I, I see a lot of people. Um, just even like when the movie got announced, I'd see people's comments being like, "Hollywood's making this, but they're not making the Dread sequel. Fuck them!" And I'm like, <laughs> like, or they'll say like, "Why the fuck is Hollywood greenlighting this?" And Hollywood is not some like company. It's not some organization that like is making these decisions as this body because this movie, to be honest it wasn't made in Hollywood almost whatsoever.
1: Oh, Okay. Um,
0: I this was uh, the, kind of the genesis of it. Uh, this iteration getting made came from us pitching other projects um, in, in foreign sales markets like Cannes and Berlin and, and, and other places like around the world they have these different markets and, and we had these other projects, these other sci-fi projects that we were trying to get off the ground and people would keep asking us, the, these, the foreign buyers would be like, well, what, when are you going to come out with Skyline 2? And so that, that was one of those things that like after – I'd say like three years after it came out that those questions started getting more and more frequent. And then we're like, well, there's 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 real interest here. Uh, and and that had coincided with me seeing the movie again on TV uh, once it got into its TV run in 2013. And I was like, you know, I think we could really do something. It, was like, it feels like it could get made. And then, yeah, they started asking and we said, all right, so I, I had already kind of um, – written the script for me to direct in uh... in 2013 and i did a big rewrite uh... over the summer after we brought it to can we just did a poster really in in 2014 that was based on and some of it, it's still out there it's the poster of, uh, of just uh... it's actually me in a leather jacket with a fake shotgun next to uh, uh an alien and it's like more brownish red uh, over the city that was just like yeah this is uh this is a skyline <laughs> 2 poster this is beyond skyline and um and uh you know liam's gonna direct it and um and, and we're, we're gonna go out to talent and so like you said the, the movie um it didn't do great in the U S but because it was released by relativity universal and they spent a lot of money on its release. It it did very well overseas. And a lot of people, uh, those buyers, um, you know, did very well on it. So they, they wanted a sequel and, and we got some, uh, some investors and, uh, you know, and hydraulics can do so much on its own Mm. because Greg and Colin buy their own equipment. They have their own cameras. They had their own stage, uh, where we shot a bunch of green screen for the movie, we shot a bunch of pickups for the movie. Um, so yeah, it was pretty much you know as independent and kind of uh,
1: scrappy as it gets. It, it's not a Hollywood movie really at all. And yeah, it looks amazing. The aliens look so cool, and I'm not surprised that that did well overseas because uh, it it kind of has a callback to some of that Japanese kaiju stuff uh, with some of that the the look and the feel of the aliens. But were those Aliens 2017 version of the Power Rangers putties, or, or was everything CGI? Because in some scenes, they look so incredible. It's both. It's both. I I, I was introduced to a creature effects um, supervisor,
0: Alan Holt, who had never really done this job before, but he's very, very hungry and wanted to do it. And uh, I, us in Hydraulics, we had a very good relationship with ADI, from, which is... Um, Tom Woodruff Jr. and Alec Gillis, uh, from Aliens vs. Predator Two. So we we had worked with Practical Effects before, but what we were trying to do uh, at this budget level was was really really aggressive. Mm-hmm. And so Alan, kind of him and I kind of synced up right away, and he pulled together his own team and you know built these suits. Uh, we rented Master Effects v- Shop. Uh, up in the valley, and uh, and so yeah, Hydraulics just kind of uh, you know subcontracted that work out work out and and bought the suits themselves. Um, so we have a lot of suit work, and we also have a lot of CG because we had to shoot the movie so quickly once Frank Grillo signed on um, to fit his schedule that we had to start shooting the end battle before the suits were done. So there's some CG mm-hmm. creatures when you're on location, and then we shot. Uh, most of the actual fight between the aliens and the humans on a backlot uh, on on the stages in uh, in Batam, Indonesia. So it's a mix of both. But I do I do like the Power Rangers reference because again that I loved Power Rangers and I think I probably a little too old to love it as much as I did. I was actually <laughs> like twelve or thirteen and like it was like I know I shouldn't still be watching this, but I like to think maybe Amy Jo Johnson had something to do with that. Oh She's yeah. Very cute, um, <laughs> but uh, I'd say that's definitely an influence, and in it. It, it wasn't necessarily a conscious thing because you know the the script was definitely building towards the kaiju battle. But like I said before, the martial arts weren't theirs. But now, then once, of course, once you have martial arts and it builds right to a kaiju battle, I mean that the 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 best reference for that is Power Rangers.
1: So. Yeah, 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 and yeah, the the action mixed together so well, particularly because you had such a great cast. You had. Yayan Ruyan, Eko Uwais, and Frank Grillo, and um, I have to say uh, there was a, a a personal favorite of mine in there. Uh, it was uh, Antonio Vargas, uh, who was Huggy Bear for me with Starsky and Hutch. So that was cool to see him on uh, on scene. But uh, what was the the cast chemistry like?
0: Well, Huggy Bear, uh, Antonio is is actually uh, my producer Matthew Chaus. That's his uh, stepfather. Oh wow. So- I, I had this character Sarge in the script, and he was like, oh, well, we'll just get my dad for that. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I don't, I don't exactly want to just start casting family members here. We're trying to make a real movie. And he's like, no, 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 my dad's Antonio Vargas. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, what? You know, because Matthew's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a white guy from New England. Uh, he's, he's actually his, – his real father is French. But you know his his mom married Antonio, and so that you know they they have this really great close relationship. So to you know to say hey my dad's Huggy Bear it does make you kind of go huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah he was a uh, he was an awesome guy and and still like a, a really great friend and we got to watch the movie together in Chicago at at Sin Apocalypse where he had a lifetime achievement award. So oh, cool. um, yeah I had a really great time working with him. But as far as the uh, the fighters the bruisers of uh, and I would even add Boyana into the mix to mm. those four. They, you know, uh, Frank in and and, Ico and Yaya and like, you know, even aside from the uh, the language gap, which they they all spoke much better English, of course, than we do Bahasa, but they all speak the language of fighting so well that uh, they just kind of got in the gym right away and and just started. You know, going through the movements and and cracking jokes and and Frank's a f- very funny guy as you can kind of tell from the bloopers mm-hmm. and the the certain physical humor um, that they would kind of come up with. So they all got along uh, really well and had a lot of uh, a lot of fun, especially on, on the days where we got to shoot. You know, action scenes like that.
1: Now, did you guys just give them free rein to do the action choreography, or did you have someone kind of? Try to rein that all in because I, I imagine it's got to be a tough job uh, to find someone to say, "Hey, Yaya and Eco, Frank, listen to me. I, I can tell you guys how to fight."
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's funny because that was like the first time they they did something. Uh, one the first scout that I took them on to the to that uh, location where Frank and and Eco fought, and I kind of told them what I wanted the the fight to be, and then they just started doing it. And then they asked my opinion. I was like, uh, I guess, you know, I I can tell you what is cool. But it all looked awesome to me. But yeah, I mean, it's almost like any other department head in the movie. I mean, you have your script that has your basic idea. You give them that. And their job is to improve upon it, really. You know, come back with you something better, hopefully. Uh, And then you kind of reassess and and figure it out. I mean, there were certain things like on their first round they had – you know, Frank. I think he was like, he picked an alien up and like threw it against the temple wall, and then had to like, you know, send them the the size of the. I'm like, no, these aliens are eight feet tall. That thing would probably be five hundred pounds, and they're like oh and meanwhile i'm sending the choreo to the suit maker alan and he's like shitting his pants like this is <laughs> never going to survive this you you, you you told me this was like a predator movie It can't do this type of fighting and i'm like every it's all gonna work out guys don't worry don't worry <laughs> uh, and there was other things like um yeah just kind of getting that the right mix of of what you could do around them uh and i they had frank doing a ton of kicks and that was one thing that I felt like I was like, ah, it's we're already really just pushing in this, you know, LA cop can can hold his own so well in a fight like this. I just think if he's uh if he's spinning around and doing a bunch of kicks it's gonna look crazy. Um, I, w- I would say boules don't kick, which means uh, that's the Bahasa slang for white people. Okay. And, uh, and they laugh at that. And they, We still tried one, and, of course, that's what was our big injury. Um, <laughs> Frank, Frank punched one alien in the head with the claw, and then one came up behind him, and he just did a back kick, which looked really badass, uh, but the, the stunt performer didn't get uh, to his mark in time. And so when Frank did the back kick, he kicked the air. And sometimes that's more dangerous yeah. than else. So he, he he pulled his hamstring pretty badly. Um, so yeah, there there's always a there's always a certain amount of give and take. But it's like you know when you have such talented collaborators, it, it's just it's you 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 give them uh, a lot of a lot of free reign to yeah. just like I said make it better.
1: It must have been so much fun to watch all that. Was there a particular scene that really kind of hurt you to have to cut?
2: Um.
0: There's a couple, yeah. Um, there's a, there's a couple of different like plotline scenes that uh, and character scenes that one just from schedule we just didn't have enough time to do them correctly and and setting up um, the character of Audrey Boyana's backstory. Right. It was like we 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 got kicked off the train tracks and I only got like two or three takes. And uh, I just couldn't I, – I didn't have enough to cut it together. Yeah. Uh, but it talked a little bit about her because she was a cancer survivor, which I thought was pretty cool. It was just all these different types of people that uh, – the type of people that will survive are, the, are fighters. And that was kind of a theme that I wanted to have go through. And because we missed that, that one – um, that that one kind of hurts. There's there's some stuff uh, that's nice with uh, with Johnny's backstory too. I mean, the death of the mother was definitely something that was more explored, uh, and and why he had this um, guilt complex because he was there when it happened and and didn't kind of rise to, to action. But um, it just it just was hard to get some of that backstory out when you're like on a ship and like people are dying all around you. It just yeah. kind of became this thing like, yeah, I'm sure that was really tough. But guess what? Every, the whole world's over now, so <laughs> it's hard for me to like listen to your sob story. Some of that's just my writing, not not coming up with a more clever way to integrate. Um, and then some of the stuff. There's a couple of kills that I wish I had been able to sneak in um with the guys uh at the end like I, I was always the the first cut that i showed the producers of the uh the end knife battle they they called it knife porn and, <laughs> I, and, I, and I was like well that's just not that's just impolite uh, but it went on very long it was uh, it was every single you know take and every little bit of it and uh and just from from a budgetary standpoint because of uh you know the the creatures had CGIs, and you'd have to put in CG blood. You know, I just couldn't have it all. And it was also a pacing pacing thing. Uh, I think it could have been a little bit longer, but it can't really last too much more. You know, it's it's a, it's an interesting thing once you start watching the movie with audiences and seeing how things play. And I think we kind of ended at a, at a nice spot. But for uh, for an ultimate extended edition, I think the movie could stand uh, a few more minutes back in for little scenes here and there like that. Uh, there was also a little bit of a flashback t- that um, was to to the mom um, and and the actress who played it uh, is a good friend of ours who worked on the movie as a, a PA and an assistant and and was really a big help behind the scenes and Valentin uh, Payan and so. You know, cutting her uh, on this really kind of cool flashback concept that it just ended up being one character too many in the, in the flashbacks and it didn't quite work, but that was painful.
1: This movie, to use your word, is far less divisive uh, than the previous ones. It's got some great reviews already. Is there a chance of uh, a third installment or uh, maybe a director's cut of this installment?
0: Uh, I definitely would love to do a... Uh, a slightly extended version of this down the line, but it would, we'd see what happens. I mean, I'm very happy with the with the end cut and where we ended up. There's a couple scenes at the very end that I did sneak back in, like uh Eco's like first fight was out of the movie, um, with the the helmet where he's wearing the helmet against very um baseball Batman from uh from the Raid Two. Yeah. That was cut until the last minute. Um one of his kills with the power claw was cut until the last minute. So I was able to, to sneak back the things that would really, uh, kill me, uh, or keep me up at night. Uh, <laughs> but there's a few extras that I think would be, would be neat for everybody to see. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as the third one goes, uh, there's always a chance, um, there's interest and, uh, the setup you'll see when you finish the movie, it, it does take it into a, a very different direction, but, um, I think, I think you'd have to keep some element of martial arts in the uh, moving forward because of that exposure to it. And I think, I think you know we can still go into a new direction while still having very intense uh, hand-to-hand combat.
1: Cool, cool. That would be awesome. Uh, all right, uh, are you ready to do a quick lightning round? Yes, of course. All right, here we go. Alien or predator? <sighs> predator. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, uh, I mean, look—you can tell. I think anyone could tell that from watching.
1: <laughs> Very cool. All right, uh, which country made the worst Iron Man suit knockoff?
0: Um, I would say the the French one was pretty bad—the <laughs> the one we made for France. It looked it looked like uh, like a big dumb frog, and it fell over and <laughs> surrendered. It was uh, it was a pretty tasteless joke. Like I'm not known for my comedy.
1: <laughs> so for uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, and I'll exp- try to explain. But uh, you were involved in uh, directing the what they call the feeble sequence for Iron Man. Is that right?
0: Well, yeah. I, we we wrote and and we shot these things based on uh, based on what what they kind of asked for okay. and they were the, the idea was hey go out and uh and do some proof of concept for us and we'll just reshoot it and they liked what we did and they just used that in the movie so
1: all right uh this year's super bowl champions will be new england patriots <laughs> of course
0: <laughs> look Part of me, I will say for the record, part of me feels like he should have retired uh, at the end of last season. Uh, of course, they're thirteen and three in the number one seed. So what do I know? But I just it, it was such a high. I just don't like. What can you possibly be chasing? You're the fifth Super Bowl. It's more than any other quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the greatest comeback of all time. Part of me says that that we maybe should he should have retired. But uh, he's Tom Brady, and I'm not.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, what do you think about what's going on now?
0: Well, that's that's part of what I get into is I you know I just I hope he I hope he has one less one in him but I don't know I mean if he thinks he can keep playing go for it I, I you know I think Gar- Garoppolo looks great and all but people do got to remember that durability is gonna maybe an issue I mean he only played two games for us and he was out yeah you know Brady he's been around like he he missed you know only because of one fluke injury. But most years, we've gotten, you know, all 16 games of this guy. It's been such a ridiculous embarrassment of riches uh, as a fan of <laughs> like, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be like a, a movie franchise that had, like, a really good entry and sometimes, you know, Oscar-wing entries for, what, 17 years in a row? It's yeah. insane.
1: yeah. Now you you guys have had a great run, uh, and uh, just for full disclosure, I happen to be a Giants fan. So at least we have those two against you.
0: you have those? You have those? <laughs> I I I'd trade at least two Super Bowls for that one back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, this year's World Series champions will be. Um,
0: I I think maybe the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers this year. Yeah, I think they they that this this nucleus is uh you know they got all the way to Game Seven. And they kind of have one last year to do it with Kershaw. So, you know, I think I think it could be the Dodgers. Nice.
1: And your dream film project stars? Uh, the first
0: word, the first name that comes to my head is always going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I, I, that, that came out right away. Uh, I'd love, love to do something with Arnold, uh, Tom Cruise, any of, the, any of the big action icons are the, the, the things that popped in my head. Keanu Reeves is, is a huge hero as well. Yeah. Like I said, The Matrix has yeah. is a, is a big influence for me. So yeah, that, those those are the type of uh, type of guys that I would like you know kill to work with.
1: That's cool. Now I I read in an interview that uh, you said that you had been thinking about maybe doing a full on martial arts film as your next project. Any, uh, any truth to that?
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, it's called the last savage. Um, I wrote the script and I'm actually working with a really amazing, uh, action writer right now and he's doing a pass on it before we send it to talent. Um, but yeah, we, we took it to, uh, this, uh, Macau market lab in December it was one of 14 scripts selected, and then uh, we won one of the three awards. So uh, it's got a little bit of momentum. I'm excited about that. And it's a definite uh, nod to to all the things you kind of uh, would be, I think, expecting at this point of uh, a sci-fi martial arts, a post-apocalyptic martial arts film that, that has a lot of fun with, uh, with kind of all the different genres uh, blending together.
1: Very cool. That sounds exciting. All right, last uh, lightning round question, and I'll edit it out if you get it wrong, of course, but what's your favorite podcast about kung fu and martial arts movies? Uh, That would be the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. (laughs) Awesome, thank you. All right, so, all right, so, other than the last savage, which does sound really cool, what else do you have in the pipeline?
0: Well, I, I am writing uh, Skyline Three right now, which I'm uh, ridiculously behind schedule because <laughs> someone stole my laptop when I was uh, at, at one of these film festivals. Oh, no yeah. I don't know, but I don't know if you've ever written a screenplay, but once you get to like page twenty, you're like, well, thank God that part's over. Yeah. I'm into the the heart of it, and then getting that twenty pages stolen was like. Uh, it set me back uh, a, a mentally a good amount of time, oh, but that's uh, brutal. I'm ramping up on that. Uh, there's actually an Indonesian project that uh, I'm hoping to do this summer, which would be uh, all in Bahasa, and it's a it's a creature movie, a creature adventure movie in uh, the jungles of Borneo, and that's definitely more in the in the Predator vibe, but uh, I'm. I've been talking to them about adding some martial arts to that as well, just because, uh, why not? That's what they do well. Cool. You know? So, so that one's, uh, those three are kind of the main, uh, the main things on my plate right now, and, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to, uh, to get going on them.
1: Cool. So, where can my audience go to kind of follow along? I know you're on Instagram. Uh, is there any place they can go to to get more information?
0: Yeah, Instagram, uh, Liam Odin, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, i think instagram is 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 become more fun for me twitter's uh you know i I like to check everybody's reactions and and kind of retweet things but uh instagram seems to be the place where uh it's just a little bit more fun to share personal stories and pictures and stuff like that so
1: cool very cool Liam o'donnell thank you so much congratulations again on uh, beyond skyline hitting the shelves Best of luck with the future projects. Uh, I'm going to be looking for Last Savage, so hopefully that gets out there sooner rather than later. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Many, many thanks to Liam O'Donnell for taking some time out to talk with me. Beyond Skyline is out now on DVD and Blu-ray, so go give it a look and send your props to Liam, who seems like a totally chill guy with amazing things on the horizon. I really do wish him the best, and I hope that when The Last Savage comes out, he'll consider coming back on the show to talk about it. As for Beyond Skyline, Richard James Havis of the South China Morning Post calls it an old-school science fiction B-movie complete with men in monster suits. Beyond Skyline will delight fans of genre films while leaving others bewildered. Travis Hobson of Punch Drunk Critics says, This is the nuttiest major sci-fi movie I've seen in ages, and it's absolutely worth every minute. Tasha Robinson of The Verge says Beyond Skyline becomes an enjoyably loopy thrill ride full of sudden shifts and turns. Come on, with reviews like that, you gotta give it a look. In the meantime, shouts to the Castaways for all their continued support. And if you're in the market for more awesome podcasts, go check out the Castaways hashtag on Twitter and take your pick from the bounty of bodaciousness that is the Castaways Network. Otherwise, catch me on all the socials. And if you're feeling generous, leave me a rating and a review on iTunes because you may not think it does much, but it really, really does. I've got reviews from across the pond as well, so... I'd like to get at least one review from all of the countries that Libsyn says are listening to my show. I'm looking at you, Nepal. Until next time, Poison Clan. Peace.
2: Poison Clan rocks the world. House, ready for some action Drink a little wine and are getting drunk And then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up With our dragon claws We're walking to the tea house Ready for some action Drink a little wine We're getting drunk And then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war we we'll smash the place up with a dragon claw. I see the iron fist debunked from the daily press. Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fatal leak now's in King News hands. With the fearless, they're roaming over the lands. Yeah, the little big soldier is older than wiser. He wants a world of peace because he doesn't wanna fight. Y'all got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee, the kicks guarantees to great jars Five for the cars and pause, here the blast Not the yen back kicks, we'll defeat the outlaws. Very good, but all don't hit back Yeah the death jewel's here Derrick D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jelly's even faster Could had a little trick Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China and Quan is real fine But see Maggie's on his spine oh, Golden Swallow has arrived Shang-Chi movies Will the hero will survive? We've got the Brave Arch make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black Cut the vampire's back we got Lam Ching-Ying To kill them all so stand back He plays the black magic On the soul of the soul. And our sword will travel until his body's on floors. Yeah, Wing Chun Shao in the Mantic style. Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles. Blood will spill now on the tops. when we bring back the soul of the legendary Pops. Walk to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's warm, we smash the place up with our dragon claws. We walk into the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we get a drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time And giant Counting on the TikTok the shogun assassin Slashing blood Just the strip drop The head kick, neck drop, Balance but won't stop Wanna kill Bill Better get the assassins He's got Emma dressed in yellow But she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the parties on the floor When the blood it'll splatter Against the wall Don't fear at all she kill them all There's always blood to spill When you head into a war Fearless Unleashed. The fist of legend, that's the car, Jet I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast. You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumbling the streets. And it's simple, see the facts are these. There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee. Walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drinking little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's one. To smash the place up with a dragon claw. We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drinking little wine. We're
0: Hey this is Liam O'Connell writer director of Beyond Skyline and you're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In podcast.
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. That How was you- awesome. <laughs>